welcome to the Forgotten 23 Hours podcast, Scotland's fastest growing self-development and fitness podcast. So hello and welcome to today's podcast. Um, so I am here today. I actually need to restart this because uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to pronounce your name wrong. Um, so <laughs> you know, I don't care. Everyone does it anyways. Oshin. Uh, okay, I would just I would have said it slightly different. I would have said it like <laughs> Olsen. Um, so that would have been brutal. Because the I, lads would have had a good laugh at that because they're always laughing at the way the Americans never. Nope, 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 we can do it. I might. Uh, do you know what? Actually, this is actually quite. This I'll just keep this in. To be honest. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so actually, uh, I kind of I started speaking to you when 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 was that like, like maybe yeah, a good uh, while ago, I think. Or something. Yeah, yeah, a good bit back. Back, um, I think it would have been January time, probably. All right, okay, and maybe it wasn't that that long ago. Um, but yeah, obviously, I had seen your stuff um on online, and it's been relatively recent that obviously you've you've started yeah. reach the masses and stuff. But for those that don't know, obviously, um, they, you're on my podcast, they might not have came across you. Um, so do you want to give a, a kind of brief introduction to kind of who you are in the fitness industry now and where you kind of came from, even with fitness yourself? Yeah, I think I think that's probably a big thing that I have to get out there more is more of myself because I, so many people only follow me since like, let's say, January, December. So not a lot of people know a huge amount, but anyways um i'm from ireland obviously you probably hear by the accident <laughs> for everyone listening but uh yeah no so where i started i start i suppose my journey in fitness started when i was about 16 17 let's say i don't know the exact years i'm so bad at that sort of stuff but um i was about 130 kilos back when i was younger i remember feeling so stuck and so desperate with my weight like i just i, I wasn't able to help myself and i just got in such a rut of like being called fat all the time and bullied all the time in school where then it actually just didn't help me when people call me fat and bullying me it just made things worse because i used to just eat food to cope with that and yeah 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 so then i went from that my brother actually i remember a specific specific moment i always talk about this i think i talked to him on the phone before hopefully phones after falling here um on a few podcasts before where i was just sitting down in this room and my brother came in and he was like uh look Oshin, if you don't start trying to do something about your health now. You're probably going to reach a point where it's not going to be very easy for you to look after your health or look after. You think it's going to get to a certain weight where it's just almost impossible to move around. So he came in, he kind of supported me. He didn't say it in a bad way because he'd, he'd, he'd actually be the one person that always defend me in school whenever someone was calling me fat or always kind of stand up for me. So he came in and the thing that he did actually that massively helped out, and I actually don't know if I spoke about much before, was like he asked me to go to the gym with him and his best friend. It's you know when you're younger and you have an older brother, like him and all his friends are like the cool lads. So you're like, fucking, I'll go to the gym with them. So it's yeah. almost a cool experience being around him. And it was like my big brother at the time was my big brother. He used to be my, everyone used to know him around the time because he was massive. He just always had muscle over there. So, uh, yeah, no, he brought me to the gym and that was kind of the start of it. He kind of took me through his workouts and then taught me a little bit about nutrition. But again, the information around nutrition back then wasn't very clear. Like it was the same bullshit that everyone has probably had before of like Herbalife, the typical one meal a day or whatever other shite diet was out around there. So I kind of fell into the trap of those for ages. I ended up losing all the weight, then getting to a really low weight, about 70 kilos, where I was doing kind of unhealthy stuff with dieting. Like I was eating one meal a day was one of the diets I actually followed. And so I, I don't know, I got to a really bad headspace and no matter how skinny I got, I wasn't skinny enough. 
then I ended up rebounding a little bit, putting back on a little bit of weight. And then I eventually found a place that where I was kind of happy with my weight. So that's kind of my back story with that. But with social media and, and online coaching, the reason I started it was just to like provide the same support that my brother gave me. And I feel like back when I was starting, anyways, you know, a lot of the fitness industry would look down on people who were overweight. And I just didn't think that that was a way that was helping. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to start bringing my point of view to this and show people that, look, you can support people, empathize with people and, and that helps out more than just calling someone fat or telling them they're lazy or telling them they're this and that and that their diet is shocking bad. And I think that that's the form of coaching I kind of took on board. And then, like, I don't know, I kind of just use my own journey to help others in a way. Obviously, I have the education background behind it that helped me out. But it was the majority of experience that's kind of helped me become the coach I am. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. That's the thing. See, with coaching, like, at the end of the day, everyone goes through the same six-week program or whatever to actually become a personal trainer, whether they've done college or whatever before or not, like, or they've trained for a long time. They've only done them, like, they trained themselves. Everyone's basically starting, like, they're passing their driving test. So when yeah. you pass your driving test, they don't say, right, go race Michael Schumacher. Like, mm. they, they tell you that you actually have to um do x and y in terms of like from a a transactional standpoint so you have to give someone a program like you talk about food or blah 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 but a lot of it comes down to like actual empathy for a client everything else and i think it's very much how you approach it because one thing that i learned i think maybe about six months a year ago and it was actually it's kind of changed the game for me in terms of how i actually speak to clients um is the the kind of three ego states if you like so it's like basically you've got the child the adult and the parent right so if i'm speaking to you right now i'm speaking to you adult to adult so we are kind of in line with each other mm. and um if i was a parent and you were a child basically it's like if i was to then almost give you into trouble or kind of say you're 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 fat why are you not doing something about yeah. it or whatever right then there's a disconnect because we're not in line so then if you if you have that disconnect, then you're almost then going to rebel and you rebel and use your coping mechanisms to like rebel against it. Yeah. And and for you that probably was food. And I think this is where a lot of people go wrong with either their own kids or people that are close to them is their approach. If they approach the adult to adult and actually just sat them down and had a bit of a conversation and and said and had their point come across in, in both ways, like they would probably get a hell of a lot um more out of them. Um and this yeah. I think a lot of the time anyone starts a journey, even like couples and stuff. I don't know if you train any couples. Whenever they start a journey, they end up, um, one of them's potentially doing it and they're doing really well. And then the other one is almost like trying to sabotage them to an extent. So that then they're walking horns. So it's, um, they very much need to be in line with each other. If you're going to try and go through environments, a a big thing. So obviously you have, everyone kind of remembers that's lost a decent amount of weight. Remembers like a trigger point of like when that initial thing that the realization started to get them to do it. I I think everyone t- tends to have that. Yeah, and I I talk about it a lot on my social media. I actually get a lot of backlash for talking about using empathy to coach rather than say coming at someone called fat. I often talk about like how just calling people fat does not solve the issue or doesn't help at all. Yeah. You yeah. then underneath them videos, like if you look, I'll always have comments of people saying, "Oh well, being called fat helped me." Well it's not going to help your body image issues if you do lose the weight in the first place and you're more likely to put it all back on off the back of that then as well so like in the short term maybe it has motivated you to get up and go to the gym but in the long term it's probably not going to work for you and I always talk about that and it's always the same backlash off the same people I, I, I get is like 
being called fat works for me. It worked in the short term, is what I always said. And in the long term, you're going to notice the, the negative impacts of that. Like, because that sort of stuff kind of sticks around with you. Even now, actually, one of the biggest things I struggle with on social media and stuff would be the bullying aspect. And that's something that leads back to like, I think our childhood impacts so much of what we do going forward. And because I was bullied for so long during school, now whenever someone leaves me a hate comment, <laughs> my videos, people are like, just ignore yeah, them. Like, right, I'm right, coming yeah. straight back at this. I was bullied for too long to just sit here and listen to this shit. So I just, I ripped them in a way that's funny. But it just it's still that aspect that I have to have to get better at and it's something I'm still working on. But it's like yeah. um it's just interesting the way like how fat shaming and all that is kind of fucking thrown around the place. And it's something that I hope to to get away. And I know that then there's the opposite side of things with the, the body positivity. And I actually had a good chat with Evan Daly about that as well, um, on his podcast, just about like if people weren't so negative towards body positivity, then there wouldn't be do you know the way there's an argument between the two sides all the time. Aye. you just if, if you just let them off like why do people care so much about other people just do what you're to do rather than fucking come against i don't know i just don't understand the whole thing i think people need to ten- they, they tend to look for black and white they, they're like um yin and yang they, yeah always a, a, a middle like i think where people was like even for instance yesterday in my question box people someone asked me something along the lines of like what's more important for when you're trying to build muscle calories or protein? I'm like, they're both important. Like, yeah, like one with it. So it's the same thing. It's like, okay, too much body positivity when someone's morbidly obese and they're almost like actually not addressing that they have a problem. Um, that's not good. But at the same time, what's also not good is shaming that person and then making yeah. them feel worse. So like there has to be a middle ground. And it's the same yeah. anything. Like people always look for the, okay, what's the silver bullet? What's Black the thing that's going to, when it doesn't really exist. It's just a, yeah. This is where that ego thing, that ego thing you're talking about is not something I've heard before and definitely something I'm going to use going forward. This thing about having conversations with podcasts and stuff, I, I don't know about the listeners, but I always take like one point from a yeah. podcast or one, even if it's one, it might be a whole two hour session of just listening to someone, but you'll always take like one thing from it. And if that one thing changes the way you look at things, and then even for my coaching and going forward, that's probably going to change a couple of things for me, which is, which is class. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think like that's uh, that's why I love them, and that's why that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a season two. I forgot to say that's just welcome. <laughs> to season two. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a, starting. Obviously, the, the video podcast. I imagine, especially if you're on Spotify or YouTube, you'll probably be watching this. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, obviously, kind of on that point, one of the things that I was going to ask just quickly to start with, what do you feel as if one of the if you were pinpoint even just one mistake, either that you currently still make from time to time, but maybe just less often, um, that you either still do or don't do, but you did do in the past. So for instance, it could be uh, emotionally eat and then end up rebounding five kilos or 10 kilos or whatever. And then, um, but then you don't give yourself that much of a hard time about it anymore. You then just get back yeah. sort of thing. Um. I see. That's a really difficult one. I don't know. Uh, because I, I think actually one of the biggest mistakes I made for years was actually just training to look a certain way. Yeah. So like, I actually think lifting weights sometimes can lead so badly into that for people and just like going in and, and doing your sessions because you want to look a certain way. And this is actually something I've, Ben Carpenter, I heard him say before. It's actually in his book as well. He talks about how when you want to look different, it's not actually about looking different, it's about trying to look like someone else and you're never going to look like someone else. And so yeah. my style of training has completely changed to what I was doing before where I was just consistently going into the gym bodybuilding, trying to get a bigger chest or trying to get bigger arms or trying to, to get bigger in a certain way to look like someone else is essentially what I was trying to do. Now that I've started changing the way I train onto enjoyment and then also jujitsu is something that I've started there since like last year. 
and it's something I've really gotten to enjoy and something that's really helped with my own body image because I'm not going into jiu-jitsu to look a certain way or not going into doing jiu-jitsu to have big arms or big thing. I'm doing it to learn a sport or to start as a beginner at something again and try and get a little bit better at it it doesn't have any focus on like you can be really good at jiu-jitsu if you're 150 kilos or if you're 50 kilos it doesn't matter so that side of things that kind of helped me lastly and it's definitely a mistake I would have fallen into up and up up until recently is just training to look a certain way and I think a lot of coaches fall into that as well and a lot of say coaches clients then as a result pick that up off them of like you have to go to the gym to you're, you're only lifting this heavy weight or you're lifting this heavy weight because you then your chest is getting bigger your arms are definitely getting bigger and consistently having that focus on your body image I think is a negative thing or leads to um negative aspects so that's definitely one of the biggest things but like I don't know I kind of <laughs> look it, it's always hard to point out I suppose mistakes i suppose after a little like, i suppose the biggest thing about mistakes is like you make them you learn from them so you're not gonna that's yeah. what i was trying to take it and like yeah. you were actually saying something just before we, we we clicked on the podcast and that's about when a client comes to you or when someone's starting your program they actually expect to get everything perfect and they think oh, i have to get this all right but if you're actually starting my program and you're getting everything perfect there's no fucking point in paying me why are you paying me if everything's going well what you want to do is make as many mistakes with yeah. me or many mistakes on the program and many mistakes I can kind of help you through as possible if the person is fucking up for if I start a 12 week block with someone and they fuck up for the entire 12 week block they're going to learn better than someone that hasn't fucked up at all like why has the other person picked up so yeah I think it's it's that thing I, I'd be quite good at reflecting of trying to point out things and one thing that's helped me with reflection on not only nutrition diet but on overall life would be therapy and I go every single week and I fucking love it just for that sheer fact of talking to someone to reflect on my entire week and I always talk about it as well in a way of like people when I mentioned therapy people are like I don't need to go like I'm feeling good I'm feeling happy I feel happy majority of the time I go in there I go in there to reflect chat to someone that can't fucking say anything to anyone because I pay him <laughs> to not say anything to anyone and I can just talk shit and it just allows me to reflect so it's that I think that's a big aspect of fitness as well that is underrated and I know we're probably going to talk about later as well is, is the therapy aspect of like it's so important to be able to reflect and look at what's going on or why you're doing certain things and why you're so- making certain mistakes self-awareness like yeah it's it's massive i think see when anyone first starts i think this is where even myself personally stuck between a rock and a hard place right i've got like the 12 week challenge and stuff and like i understand why people do it i understand why i do it because in 12 weeks you can make quite a lot of changes and whatever physical mental whatever but like at 12 weeks like what do you just fall off the face of the earth you, you, yeah. there's, there's still so much that goes going to go on in your life so like what people i think the hard part is see general population they need to be sold on a on almost like something that is sexy like a 12 week thing and then yeah. realize during it that that isn't the that isn't the goal yeah. i feel like um and that's where almost i feel slightly inauthentic selling something that's 12 weeks knowing fine well that they need to be able to na- navigate at least 12 months if they want to have like autonomy with what they're doing. Like, yeah, because even if that 12 weeks, as you're saying, everything goes perfect and they get the result. What happens if they've not went through any, any like they've not moved house, they've yeah. not moved job, they've not lost a loved one. All these things is going to evoke an emotion. And then when that evokes an emotion, your trigger response is a habitual response that you go back to, but then you need to learn to deal with that. And that's, that's really the, the disconnect that I have with it. But, the hard part about it is that then I think sometimes then this is actually, I'm going to skip forward a wee bit and, and get your thoughts on this. I'm very much into like self-awareness, self-development, therapy, all that sort of stuff. Right. But we're not therapists. And I think yeah. as much as I'm very self-aware about that stuff and I understand it and I can understand, I can empathize with clients and I can maybe give, give advice where I feel relevant. Like 
I think it's a hard one because I think there's so many PTs now that are like like jumping in ice ice baths and saying like this is my morning routine and and like very much like mindful when actually they're not very authentic and I think that then people then think that they have to do that but also people almost think that they they validate themselves as some sort of therapist but in actual fact someone might either have to work with a therapist alongside you or they might have to do the groundwork first and go to a therapist before you come to us the 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 line between the two of them is very very hard to pick and like i actually like in my opinion putting stuff out online whatever about the ice packs or whatever if you're pointing someone in direction of looking after mental health it can't really be a negative thing like you know that kind of way like i know you could look at it and say look this person isn't qualified shouldn't be talking about certain things and actually on my own social media i don't really talk about a huge about about mental health regards to what to do i just tell people look it would actually be a good idea to start therapy and i always say it to clients that would be on board with me I'm, I'm pretty open about it. it's always an awkward question that i'd actually bring up on uh, consultation is like I think therapy is also always a good option or at least working on your mental health while you are working on your physical health as well so if you're going to pay me money and start working on your physical health please try and do something to help and working on your mental health sometimes some of my clients will be like okay yeah I'll, I'll try a therapy session or see how that goes or I'll start something but I just think it's better to speak about it and even if you are talking absolute bollocks like some people are in ice baths it's better to speak about it and not be spoken about at all. And it's definitely improvements, but like, as you said there, there is a certain line to be drawn and there is to a certain extent, like for some people, like they say someone promoting ice baths and, and telling people to jump in the ice bath and then if someone goes and do it, they actually don't feel any better after they're going to think, sure, I'm just fucked. I can't do anything about it. That's where the negative side of things is about, but it's probably helping more people than it's not. But again, I don't do fucking ice baths. So I, <laughs> I don't know anything about no. that. I, I get the premise behind it. And not even from like a, not even from anything to do with like any sort of like research and stuff on it. Yeah. I get the idea. Do something you don't want to do. That's why I work out first thing in the morning. I came up with this thing, move before you snooze. Like, because if you do the first thing in the morning that you don't want to do, whether that's a walk or a workout or a cold shower or whatever, like yeah, that sets the, the, the tone for the day. Um, yeah. And that's obviously something that a lot of people don't do because then they feel as if they failed already when they've not done a workout, but they thought they wanted to. Um, yeah. Whereas if they bite the bullet at the start, then it kind of it kind of flies from there, sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think I like. What would be your 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 view on the mental health and like talking about in social media side things? Like I know, like with coaches and stuff, it's like it is a grey area, but they're so interconnected in a way that it's actually hard to avoid it altogether. Because if you're actually a good coach, you have to take into consideration someone's feelings and emotions alongside obviously their um training aspects side of things to a certain extent obviously you shouldn't be trying to fucking guide someone who's going through a really really tough time you should probably point them in the right direction like i don't know the fucking answer to that question it's it's a so, difficult one in my opinion i feel like um i i genuinely feel like see there's two there's in a general term there's two types of people that struggle with their mental health um and some of them struggle because of their poor standards, their environment, um, and the way that they look as a result of those things. Yeah. And it wasn't a trauma response. It wasn't something that happened in their childhood necessarily or anything like that. It's almost just an accumulation of their environment with their job or whatever else has went on in their life. But it's there's no one thing. Um, and then if you then help them with their standards, they get in better shape, they progress in the gym, all of a sudden their mental health is 10 times better. Um, but so that's people that like very much like almost fitness just transforms their mental health. However, yeah. there's obviously the other camp of people who have maybe had some trauma response from childhood or something that's happened in their life that's been a very, very big thing which evokes an emotion, and then obviously then do they emotionally or, yeah. or whatever else. And then 
obviously fitness can still help them, but they they might not be as like um, easy to coach because uh, they then have more trauma to then try and deal with and overcome mm. and, and stuff like that. So that that's where there's no right or wrong with this thing. And that's where I think that the line comes that you at a certain point, you have to stop giving advice to it and you have to just start yeah. looking at it from a, their perspective. Like these are the, the, the difficult conversations that probably need to be had, but people just avoid it to fear of being cancelled. But I actually just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'd actually just, I at this point, I don't give a fuck what happens. But like, I, if I click onto my application form, so over the last, say, three months, I have had well over 2,500 online applications for my coaching. That's just in the last three months. I would say 80% of those have clicked depression and anxiety as um say a little, uh, i have a little medical health screen form and about 80 percent of them click depression or anxiety with that side of things i feel like when someone is diagnosed with depression or diagnosed with anxiety or a certain thing it becomes part of them and that's what they are and you can't solve it because you're diagnosed with it, like any uh, other disease to a certain extent for some people it's probably the case but for the vast vast majority i think that mindset of being diagnosed or being say told that you have something you can't change it like last september i went through probably one of the toughest periods of my life ever tough toughest period of my life by far time if i went to the doctor the doctor would have told me i was depressed then i would have thought that there was nothing i could do to solve that issue but by making slow change in regards to challenging myself to do shit that i never thought i could or challenge myself each, each week to do little things like you're doing there with the like you're talking about with clients challenging them with the gym they're getting a little bit stronger doing things like even for me starting to jiu-jitsu progress yeah yeah i eventually came out of that but imagine i was told that i was had depression and I was had anxiety like I'd be stuck in that loop of like I can't help myself or I can't do anything so there's a massive aspect where like as you said the middle ground has to be seen and there has to be yeah, kind of everything it's it's fucked like I don't know it's not it's not a black and white as I was saying it's not yeah. like it's a scale it's like anything yeah. like uh depression is something that like this is why people when people are told they're depressed that becomes their identity yeah um and then they're like no I'm depressed and like I understand like but they go into that kind of victimhood and I under also understand because I've been there like yeah like, I've spoke about this and I've spoke about how I've been basically ready to fucking end it and and also yeah. I, I, I can empathize with it but I also know that the biggest thing that brought me out of that was just progressing in any yeah. area of my life and um that might have to start mega mega small and I know we've yeah. kind of off topic with with what we're talking yeah. about. But... I think it's important. I think it's important as well. I think that like even touching on small things like that, because you can guarantee that like a lot of people that struggle with their weight and a lot of people that struggle with their overall health, a lot of it is interconnected with mental health. And I just feel like it's definitely not touched on enough. So I actually try to bring it up on every podcast, even if it's not part of the fucking yeah. schedule, because I think everyone should talk about it. And with that thing of like you talking about uh, there, just taking one step. Like one of the best things I heard back then was like, you have one goal in life, just keep on living. That's it. Just a one step. Just tomorrow, wake up, and that's it. Your one goal is to just try. Keep, at the end of the day, that's all you have to do. Like at the end, if you do nothing else, the only job you have, keep on living. You lose your house, you lose everything. You have one job, keep on living. Yeah, have everything in the world. You have one job, keep on living. And that was probably one of the best things that I ever heard with start of it. But probably a little bit off topic. I just think it's. I all. I always try to just bring it up in every podcast because I know how interconnected mental health is with regards to your physical health and how yeah and obviously neither of us are therapists and anyone who is struggling i highly recommend going to try and talk to someone whether that be a therapist or talk to someone or find some form of help um but it, it's definitely something that i think needs to be talked about a lot more yeah yeah and i i think i think with that it's like it's this is this is why there's the issues that people don't want to talk about in case they they, they yeah, 
it get cancelled. I don't give a fuck. Taking out of context or, or whatever, and it's just there. Uh, and this might happen with this, but it is what yeah. it is. You can better <laughs> talk about it than not. <laughs> You'll be doing me a favour. <laughs> I know. Like, it's just like <laughs> uh, someone that wants to cancel you definitely can. Yeah. But at the end of the day, right? It's like everyone has different opinions on certain things. It's just like that cancel culture fears people out of talking about shit that's hard to talk about. And I, I can't, I can't handle it. You've noticed on my Instagram, I say a lot of outrageous shit sometimes. I just say it because it's what I believe in. And if you don't like what my opinion is, well, then unfollow me and fuck off. I don't want to hear from you. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, I think that's it. Like, I've, I, I got a few, I get negative comments all the time, but one trigger yeah. last, last week, I think it was last week, and I shared it in my story because, um, he basically asked for it. He said something along the lines of, <laughs> um, don't kid on your too big time to, to yeah. <laughs> comment or something. And I was just like, all right, very good. I what like, I did. Oh, why do you follow me then? <laughs> yeah, because I got, I got an outrageous one. Hey, obviously when all the influx of followers are coming in and then I was, I was losing a few followers for a little while and people get really angry. But one thing I started to do is like, I looked up the most innocent, I say this a lot as well. I looked up the most innocent, famous person I can think of. It's like the nicest person I can think of. At that time, that was Dermot Kennedy. I was like, how can anyone hate this fella? Like there's no chance. And, then, and this goes for anyone in life. Yeah. Like if, if you're getting bullied or you're getting hated on or someone's calling names or whatever, go up and look at the most famous, innocent person you can think of. I went to Dermot Kennedy, went on to his comments and people were calling him outrageous shit in the comments. So I was like, how can you even hate this person? And I just thought to myself, look, if he's that nice and he's getting hit, someone's going to hate me and there's fuck all I can do about it. So I'm just going to do what I'm going to yeah. do day to day anyways. So that's a funny one. Yeah, no, 100%. And like, like, there's going to be things that you maybe have said they've taken out of context or they've not, yeah. seen, they've not seen other bits of stuff. And then at the end of the day, it's, it's their own problem. And, and yeah, uh, it, but it doesn't mean it's not, not difficult. I even have yeah. sometimes with, with clients and stuff that come on board and we just don't click or for whatever reason. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. It's like uh, with with the coaching aspect side of things, I think people will sign up to a coach and maybe not click with them and then feel like, look, coaching isn't for me or that all coaches are, are dickheads and stuff. But I think there is a coach there for everyone. It's the same with like a lot of things. It's like just because say someone signs up to your, your coaching semester, signs up to my coaching, right? And they don't like me or they just don't click with the way I'm going. Probably not going to get on too well. And then at the end of it, they might be like, oh, she's a shit coach or he can't do this. It's not really the case because obviously I, I would have clients that would have got on well. And then I might sign up to your coaching and be like, Jesus Christ, Sylvester is the best. So it's just because they click with you, the way you say things a little bit different. Sometimes it's even or the way you talk. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Timing, like they maybe they joined. I know there is no right time, but some sometimes it's just timing, and it's just it's just it's just the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, yeah. I think the hard part is though. I've I, I know that most most people that inquire that I get on calls with that are interested in joining, and even like for instance yesterday, someday um they, they've all had coaches, and a lot of them is like they've had coaches, and they've been very transactional, as I would say. So like fill in a spreadsheet, you do this, you do that, you do that. Mm. And then it almost, yes, okay, we have to look at where our steps are at in our daily movement. We have to look at our workouts and track that. We need to know where our calories are at and things. These are all important things. There's no negating that. But if that's all that your coaching is, then chances are you get a, you're a very transactional coach and that's not yeah. what coaches are. And that's where I was saying, like we all pass the same degree or we all pass the same six-week thing and then you start learning. So that's why there's such a discrepancy of coaches. So if you've had a coach before, don't always think that all coaches are like that because they're absolutely not. Yeah, and, and that discussion of like, I actually think a lot of coaches, like transactional coaches compared to empathetic coaches or like, and you can be a mix of both as well, but I just think a lot of good coaches actually just don't make it to be a coach. So first of all, people that are too self-conscious to put themselves online, because if you want to become an online coach or a coach, you have to be somewhat confident yeah. yourself. 
one of the things, the biggest things I struggle with, and a lot of people who struggle have struggled with their weight, struggled with their mental health, or struggled with something before, don't become coaches because they never have the confidence to go out and do it. And I'd actually speak to a lot of the lads that I would have went to college with, or a few lads around town, and just be like, "Will you start this? Like, you'd actually be a great coach, but you just don't have the self confidence yet to put yourself out online." And it's one, it's the reason I, I, I kept going with it as well as like, like I'm so not confident what I'm doing, but I want to help someone do the exact same thing that I'm doing, hopefully in the future. But like, you know what? You're well able to do this and have that self belief in them that I wish someone had a me, you know, at the beginning being like, Joe, I can keep pushing on your videos or class. And now I have that because my comment section tell me that all the time and it's fucking class to hear. But it's just, I, I think most good coaches don't actually ever become a coach or don't ever put themselves out there online. And it's just the rare few that do. And 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 again, because online is a hard place. You get a lot of hate. You have to be able to deal with that. And empathetic people probably struggle more so with that side of things. And then when it comes to the coaching, actually having the self-belief in yourself that you're able to help someone out is another thing as well. Like being able to coach someone be like, you know, actually I am a good coach or what I'm doing is good. A lot of the coaches that we need in the industry don't feel good enough about themselves to do that. Like, and, and so I think that that's where like people who have struggled with their weight are probably the best coach. I sincerely appreciate the support. There's three things that you can do that's really going to help the podcast grow and actually going to benefit you. One, just make sure you're subscribed. The more subscribers we have, the bigger the podcast get and the bigger the guests get. Two, make sure you leave a rating. That helps so much. And also, number three, if you message me on Instagram, screenshot that rating. I'll send you over a resource of your choice. No questions asked. Coaches for people who are trying to lose weight. And it's not all the time. Like Obviously, there's coaches there that haven't and are still absolutely brilliant coaches, but they're, they're just it's just rare to come across coaches that have that understanding because when you have that deep let's say empathetic feeling towards people i feel like self-confidence self-belief sometimes get lost gets lost in that because you feel so much about others so i think like on that aspect side of things that's why it's so hard to find good coaches yeah no 100 percent. and in terms of like the coaching world right now like it's I, I think even i know you've only you've probably only been doing it at the time i would say it's really switched like yeah. see online see like before covid like whenever i had the gym and everything else online was kind of a thing but it was kind of like transaction was very much spreadsheets it, was, it wasn't really um it wasn't the way it is right now and um i think because of that like there's there's so many different mentorships and i've been a part of a, a fair few of them and a lot of them are based around basically just selling massive high ticket stuff um and delivering group and I think yeah. that's where then a lot of the time people feel as if they get get burned. And I've been part of those communities. And I spoke about it in the past before in different podcasts. And I, I'm not, I will not actually name the actual, I don't think that's necessarily right. But at the same time, it's something that I think really at this point, like needs to be talked about because yeah. the, if you want help, which most people do, there is different tiers to help. So there's group coaching, there's one-to-one coaching, and then there's kind of like, group coaching hybrid if you like so there's so many different like ways to ways to skin a cat but obviously they're going to go up in price as obviously you get more time with the coach depending on how in demand and stuff obviously you said you had 2000 odd applications you can't take them all have to to group but at the same time someone might not be suited to to your group stuff so then you might have to have the the one-to-one at a higher tier you might have to charge uh, charge an amount of supply and demand i guess but it's definitely yeah. where and that's that's something I struggle with for so long as well is the is, is the like charges I think and I was speaking to you just before we started as well on deciding like I did it for free for essentially like two years. Yeah. I was just like I take a deposit off someone, give it back to them, or I do for fuck all, or I just 
give whatever to Shardy. And I actually think that's why, and you were speaking about doing the same thing, that's why a lot of empathetic coaches don't make it past the first year of business as well. Yeah, it's yeah you, still just, need, you still need to run, run a business. Uh, yeah, because you're too fucking nice. And if I could go back and slap myself and say, Ushin, you're helping people here. And in return, like a, a lot of things in life is like in return for energy, we get money. Like whatever energy we're putting into something, in order to get that energy back, we need to receive some sort of value back. And, and that's why, the say expenses there with coaching because it is probably one of the most draining jobs on the planet. I know people put up fucking pictures. If you're a good coach, it's a drain draining job. With a lot of people, I know they're putting up pictures of them sitting on the beach and fucking doing their check-ins or whatever. Oh, like yeah. And and you know what? It's people are so fucking fake because I lived in Spain from January last year until like September. And I was actually shit because you're inside in your laptop while it's sunny outside. Yeah. Aye, I'd rather you can't, be you can't see your laptop. You can't because <laughs> yeah, it's a glare. Yeah, people they're like, fucking yeah. liars because for me, I'm like, fuck, I like being home here in Ireland because at least it's pissing rain outside, so I can't go out anyway, so I may as well just stay in and do some work. But there's like, and that's there's another topic on, on the podcast, like social media is so fake, man. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, that's genuinely why I think a lot of my videos have done quite well is because, and you'll see it in the comments, a lot of people said, you know what, you're actually just real. And it's because I just don't talk shit. I just say how things are and that's it. And that might get me cancelled in the future. That might get people hating on me, but I just, it'll never change that. Not a hope, never, ever um, for nothing, for no amount of money. But it's just, it, it's a funny one. The, the coaching on the beach, I just don't understand it. Yeah, no, it is, it's a, a lot of it is a facade. I, I do, obviously there is an element of like, because I think that's actually one of the topics I was going to talk about eventually was authenticity. Like, yeah, if you look back, I've been doing this seven and a half years or something like that. If you look back at my first videos, um, I was doing YouTube vlogs in my gym and I could barely even look at the camera. Like, <laughs> it was, uh, like, I, like I was so unconfident. Like literally just, you, you wouldn't even be able to have a conversation with me. And um, I still managed to put myself out there. Now I can do stuff like this. I can present in front of hundreds yeah. of people and it doesn't bother me. Um, but a lot of that stems almost in my head. If I, if someone is unconfident right now, I know there's a, there's a cause I've done it in, in a, maybe a different sense. And I think with authenticity, you have to almost build that up because eventually looking in front of a camera is actually easier than speaking to someone in person. Yeah, um, but at the start, it's very daunting. So, have you ever, if you, if you ever done a client testimonial in person, and then you put a camera in their face, it, it's like a deer in headlights. So, um, it's definitely, I, I think, whenever someone first starts, I kind of give them a bit of leeway with like not being themselves because you almost yeah. have to have, put it on this facade. Because at the end of the day, if you're boring on it on online, then you're, yeah. you're not going to like people aren't going to buy into you. Um, so you kind of need to be like a you on coffee if you like. Um, yeah do you know what's hard as well it's like i feel like that confidence thing is difficult because <clears throat> before i started anyways maybe this is i was comparing myself to like everyone else and being like jesus this guy is so perfect on camera and this person but like that's only from 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 my experience anyways but reps like confidence is a big thing it's something that i actually would have struggled with a lot when i was younger i was like why couldn't i just be born as someone that's just fucking confident with chatting to girls or chatting to anyone or like just chatting to random people i could never do that like i could never walk into a room and just speak in front of people or i could never walk into a room and that's why it's a madness the ifs thing like speaking in front of thousands of people i'm yeah. just gonna shit myself now but it is the thing of like confidence is i I, th I think for the majority of people confidence is never just there it's something that you develop over a period of time by doing just the thing that you're not confident with so for people that would be afraid to talk to someone it's like slowly making conversations with someone or just saying hello to someone walking in the street and then that slowly builds up and get better like the biggest thing that's helped with my 
talking to people with skills or um just chatting around to people is literally personal training because I had to. I had no job. I had no job if I didn't do it. So that got me better. But just even with the the camera thing, it's like go back and watch my first videos. Jesus Christ, I was shaking. You can see I was shaking even recording the fucking thing. But slowly over time of doing it and doing it and doing it, uh, it got better. Like I remember before I started my Instagram page. Actually, initially I started it when I was in college. Um, and I deleted it because I, I was getting laughed at in college for it. And I was like, fuck, I'm not doing that anymore. So I deleted it completely. And me and my brother were doing it together, actually. And then uh, I started up again just after. And I remember I started up again because one of the lads dared me. I was, I was on the phone to him and he's like, I dare you just post the page. Just do it. And so when I went and just did it, then I was like, fuck, it, I'm just going to post a video every single day and see how, how how much better I can get. And I started doing it. And then eventually, I don't even think about it now. You're probably the same getting in front of camera. You don't, you don't really... Yeah, I don't know. The confidence doesn't come into part, part of it, but it's just building up that confidence slowly over time. Because I feel like at the start, it always the start of doing anything, it always feels like I fucking can't do, it, or I'm an imposter, or I don't deserve to do this, or I can't do this, or I'm shit at this. But it's if you get through that part of I'm shit at this, or I can't do it, you eventually will be able to do it. Like, or you you, you will get the confidence with it. But it's also like wearing different hats as well. So like I, I'm I'm confident in different ways, and then I'm also very unconfident in different ways, and it's almost like wearing a mask. Like, um, yeah. I actually found this out very recently. I've, I've not spoke to you about it. I don't even think I've put it, I've not put it out. So this is, I guess, probably my first time I've actually told the public about it. Um, I, I got diagnosed with ADHD a few months back and uh, I'm nearly 30. So I, like like to live your whole life and, and not necessarily know much about that area of your yeah. life for years i thought it was a test i knew i knew my brain always worked differently um so whenever i was like in a conversation with someone that was very mundane like as in like what are you doing this weekend or what's your dog's yeah. name or whatever i'd switch off i wouldn't even hear it like i'd be so uninterested if something's about business or something's about personal development something i'm actually interested in i'm like i'm like that person on steroids like it's a totally yeah. different, it's a totally different person and I always wondered why that was. Um, and I was that's why I always struggled with initially with conversations and confidence in like small groups, because it is small talk initially, because you don't know the person. So this is and then I'm like, what's what's wrong with me, sort of thing? And I literally only found this out recently. So whenever I go into uh or even I first meet a person, uh, an in-person client, I'm always quite nervous. I could speak in front of a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred people, and I wouldn't bother. But then when I have to speak into like a like one or two people and I have to make small talk with them, my heart drops. And it's yeah. like it's a straight it's a strange one, but it's wearing different hats and understanding why. And I know I now know why. And that's where self-awareness is so, so powerful. Yeah. John's spoken class about that is that someone listening to this could be thinking the exact same thing of like, I'm really shit at talking to people, we're really self-conscious about it. When they hear someone actually admit what they're not good at it makes them feel like they actually can do shit. Like someone, someone listening to this podcast might want to be a coach. It's like, I'm not feeling confident if I can't talk to people in small groups. And then look at you, Sylvester, and be like, fuck, Sylvester just said that he's not great at talking to people in their small groups, so I'm a little bit nervous. And that makes them feel normal. When you feel like that's normal, it's so much easier to push through it then. But if, you, if you're sat here, if two of us are sat here on our high horses pretending to be unbelievable and brilliant at everything and the class on yeah. camera from the very beginning, it makes people feel like they can't do shit. And that's literally what's changed my life is realizing that everyone on this planet we're all the same fucking Egypts. We all have flaws. We all have different stuff. And that, like, I am just as good as the next person and the next person is just as good as me. I'm not, I'm not higher than anyone else. Everyone's the same. And it's like, if that, I think that that's a brilliant moment of the podcast of being like, able to see, okay, fuck, Sylvester struggles with stuff as well. Oshin struggles with stuff. That means that I struggle with things and that makes me normal because I feel like when, when you get caught up in that mindset that you're just below everyone else or that you're not good for this certain thing, it's very hard to get out of that as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think... If you're if you're going in with the impression in your head that like you are 
like if I was to come on here and not be myself and show flaws and stuff, and that's I literally just wear my heart on the sleeve of my clients. Yeah. Some some people maybe disconnect with that. Some people connect with it, but I would much rather the people that connect with it actually it actually helps them more, um, because it allows them to see that things aren't aren't perfect. Like when you're talking to people about organization and stuff like that, like get diagnosed with ADHD, I go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So like, I, like doing lists and stuff for me, yeah. just never, ever, ever worked to be able to organize myself. But if, there's a way, there's a solution to everything. So if someone's like, I'm not good at that, well, there's a solution to it. Because yeah. like, for instance, like myself, I've got post-it notes. I have to color code these post-it notes to do, that's today's task, that's tomorrow's task. Yeah. Doing a list for me, I had a list on one piece of paper, I had some lists in my phone, I had a list somewhere else. And I'm like, where's all my lists? I don't know. So, yeah. like, so that that system has now very recently worked for me. So, like, we're all just muddling through. None of us have got it figured out. Some of us, yeah. are, some of us are just more aware of what we're doing. And if you lack awareness, you're probably never going to move forward. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah, and even you, even you saying there, but like, I'd be pretty unorganized. And you know, you even saying that that you should have organization makes me feel better. Like, fuck. And so when I feel a little better about like. Do you know, maybe I can start trying to use post-it notes and see how that works out for me. Meanwhile, if you were coming to me, you're like, Oshin, you are one unorganized motherfucker. Like, you're so bad at this. It actually just makes me recluse and not want to do anything. I'm like, yeah, yeah I am. Right. That's what I am. So, like, seeing someone else is a little bit unorganized makes me feel better. And that's the thing with, when it leads into fitness and, and, and the health side of things, like, relating to people makes it better. It makes people be able to push on. makes people be able to make a change or feel like it's achievable rather than not and, and, and get stuck. I just think... Like that's how you think coaches need to be more themselves with. and it's very hard again Instagram is toxic as fuck when it comes to being yourself or trying to like a lot of people will try to be super perfect all the time like with the Instagram and, and then there's a lot of comparison there and, and that whole comparison is Steve Joy is, is a massive one as well but yeah it's, it's fucking mad yeah no, it's, it's, I didn't think we've covered half the stuff I was going to <laughs> this is better <laughs> I think yeah. I just get I could call it a loophole of sometimes just talking absolute shite yeah, no, but these are. This is why I like doing podcasts because obviously you only get sixty seconds or ninety seconds or something in a yeah. room. So like, whenever, whenever you're putting these things out, like this is why, like, some people will message me about recipes and whatever else. I'll send them a podcast and they'll be like, "All right, there's you do more than burgers and pizzas," and I'm like, I yeah. <laughs> so like, people don't realize, and I think this is where, like, I just love doing this stuff because it allows people to actually see the person as well. Yeah, like, social media, as you said, is like is a very much like flash in the pan, like thing that like look at your attention span when you're scrolling like that's why you almost need to say something outlandish as a hook to get them in yeah exactly Uh, so it's even even if i cut this podcast up and i put it on instagram i'm gonna have to find the most outlandish thing ever (laughs) to then hook people in to then tell them something normal do you know like yeah talk talk about me getting cancelled and i'll be in there straight away (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna have to do something like or even just edit it put put a voice over your voice or something yeah like cancelling myself um, I'll get to some outrageous shit if you want and we'll see how many people watch the podcast then <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the only thing that I didn't really cover mate was uh, I, I was going to talk about uh, obviously the time that I'm putting this out it's kind of leading into summer you've got kind of summer um, coming up and stuff um, and I think a lot of time people are going to be thinking about what they're doing with themselves in terms of like their physique their everything else right one good point that you did say at the very start was the fact that, and this is the exact same for me, I started from a place of trying to change my physique and that was the number one thing that I was trying to do. Um, and then it's changed now into how I feel. The byproduct of that is obviously looking a certain way. Um, but at the same time, the hard part when people first start is that you tell them that, but there's not enough 
like rewarding that initially in order to get, kind of get the buy-in. So how can we even just simplify the first 30 days um, for a client so that it leads them on to the next 90 days and, and beyond? What would you say, like even if you give three points, I'll give three. Um, yeah. I see. I think the biggest thing with people when it comes to like summer and that is they just try to do a lot of shit at the one time and it gets very overwhelming if you're trying to change absolutely everything like I often and there's probably one of the most common questions I actually get on my question box that I do put on my Instagram is like what's the first thing that I can do towards making progress or, or starting to lose weight the first thing like you can choose so many different things you can choose to go on online calculate your calories and start tracking you could choose to um, drink an extra two glasses of water a day or you could choose to maybe get on a walk every single day it's hard to choose exactly one but what i would do is choose one not choose 12 so like if you could start let's say for the first seven days of your 30 days is focus on maybe just drinking an extra little bit of water i feel like them tasks where you're adding stuff in is a lot easier and like for a lot of people tracking at the start can be very overwhelming it's not something that i recommend a huge amount of people start straight away with start with trying to implement other things and then once you're like okay i've actually started to drink my water now i've started to have my consistent three meals a day let's say i've started to have protein every one of those meals let's start tracking now and let's start seeing now okay how many calories i'm actually consuming can i reduce the amount of them if i want to lose weight or if i want to put on a little bit of weight can i increase them but for me it would be start with the simplest fucking possible thing and then also like one one thing that i've been saying to a lot of people recently is like you're even talking there about challenging yourself but one thing that you actually just don't think you can do or one thing that's quite difficult for you whether that be even posting a video online or post a video online throughout the next 30 days and challenge yourself to show that you actually can do something that you didn't i think that mindset shift really helps of like as you said, even doing something hard, I can't go in an ice bath. Let's try jumping in an ice bath for one day of the 30 days and prove to yourself that you can. And then in the next 30 days, it's going to be, I say, a bigger change up on top of that. Maybe add in two ice baths or it's just, I suppose, challenging yourself would be one. So choose one thing that you don't want to fucking do or that you really think that you can't do or that is quite difficult for you. Now, for some people that might be getting out on a certain walk. So like a 5K walk or even a 5K run or something simple. And then choose one thing that you can change with regards to drinking a glass of water or, or getting out on a small walk or um, eating protein with every meal or having your three meals. Just, I think, simplifying it as much as possible. Um, but again, expectations have to then reflect um, that like you can't expect in 30 days that you're going to lose a shit ton of weight or you can't expect that you're going to change your life in 30 days it's not going to happen and it shouldn't happen anyways it should be small continual steps if you want to be able to keep it up you shouldn't change your entire life in 30 days it should be small steps over a period of time to aim for okay next summer or the summer after that and and, and that can be overwhelming for people as well because it feels like oh fuck that's a long journey but then like you have to keep it up anyway. So even if you do something for 30 days like you have to try you can keep doing that for after and you're going to maintain the results so you can not and then you're just gonna yeah it's pointless so you may as well think long term with the whole thing because it'll just work out better and it'll be less of a shit task to do yeah exactly and uh, the the good point you spoke about there and um i I would have said it myself is like adding stuff in and hitting a a positive goal so let's say you add in resistance training and you try and track that and put the numbers up yeah so try and add in protein trying to hit a number on a protein goal round just try to restrict your calories then you also add in hitting a fiber goal the result of that tends to be if you're hitting protein and fiber, then you're probably going to put yourself in a deficit because if you're hitting a fiber goal, you're fuller, you're less likely yeah. to snack, et cetera, et cetera. And then at that point, then you can tweak it. If you go straight into restrictive mode and just drop right down to 1200 calories, yeah, okay, for the first couple of weeks, you might lose a shit ton of weight, but then you end up just over overwhelmed and you think, oh, I can't stick to this. No wonder you've just went down to half the calories you were eating. Yeah. So um, it's just never going to work like that. So kind of the way that I approach, like, let's just say 
I, I just got on a call with a client yesterday was thinking of signing up. I've not spoke to her yet if she's going to. But if she was to, so today's Thursday, if she was to sign up, I would say from now, between now and a call on Monday or Tuesday, basically take a photo of all the food that you eat, especially over the weekend, and don't change a thing. Like, it's literally a few days. Don't change a thing. Like, have you ever seen, do you know who Kevin Bridges is? <laughs> Uh, I heard him by he's a he's a Scottish comedian, Glaswegian comedian, and he was saying we had a personal trainer. I'm going to absolutely butcher it here, but then he was saying, "Oh, avocados, they're good. They're a super food." Oh, I had 14 avocados. Like, just make <laughs> stuff up. The big, the biggest thing is just be transparent, honest about yeah. your, where you're at. Then you can identify the problems. Because then, if you figure out right, every Thursday I have a I have a I have a staff meeting every Thursday, and it stresses me out. And as soon as I have that staff meeting, then I'm looking for I'm raiding the cupboards, or I like I then I then go and have a bit of chocolate because I'm stressed out because because Pamela was there who I don't like or whatever. Right, so yeah, I'm just yeah. being very specific. But then you can then put a trigger in place. Do you then put a, like whenever you have a staff meeting, you have something beside you that you know you're wanting to go to and it satisfies that craving, but also doesn't give the guilt and it's within your calories or whatever else. So these things, everything has a solution and people don't realize that they have, they very much play victim. And I think if you yeah. can start to identify where the st actual struggles are rather than just go into restriction, that's that's going to be your, your, your kind of biggest thing moving forward. Yeah, yeah, it's that reflection thing. That reflection thing is massive. Like, make like people, especially when you like, you probably had it with people that you're coaching, they make a mistake and they feel like, oh, fuck, I can't tell him because I'm after eating all this, I'm after doing this. But if you actually were just straight up, you're like, do you know what? I actually went off track here. I found it quite difficult. And then you can kind of reflect on it. And as a coach, you can provide that outside perspective of like, okay, this is how we can cope with that. So it's like the mistake then leads to progress rather than the mistake yeah. leading to more mistakes and then just going completely off and, and fucking it all off. If you just make the mistake, reflect on it, you'll make progress. So you'll find out how to make progress from that. As you said, just implementing small things of like when you're in the meeting, if you're really hungry, bring some which you like that you can have. Or if you know Barbara is going to be there waiting for you after meeting and fucking piss you off. Well, how about you exit the other door and you don't fucking meet Barbara on the way out? So you'll be grand, you know, I kind of have just like small little tweaks like that, make a massive thing. And it's that, I think people are so afraid of making mistakes, but like, with fitness, with health and everything, you want to you want to make them because then you know where you're going wrong and you know what's going on. Because everyone's not the same. Everyone doesn't make the same mistakes. And the only way we us as coaches are going to be able to help you like the or our first week of coaching essentially is finding out what people are fucking doing wrong and then trying to help them off the back of that. If you came, as I said, and you started and you were perfect, one, you're either bullshit me or two, there is no fucking point in you paying me in the first place. So what are you doing? Yeah, no, that that's it. And a lot of the time it's like you take a client on, they're like, I've been on this calorie deficit for years or whatever. I was like, well, you've not. Um, so yeah. where where are you thinking that that's happening? Is it because you're not tracking this meal or when you're keying something in to my fitness pal, for instance, and you think you're tracking it, you're keying in a cup of spaghetti bolognese. And it's like, who has a cup of spaghetti bolognese? <laughs> like weigh this stuff out individually and you can actually see what it is and then... Yeah make it a meal and then like and then it's almost like they've not had they've had half an education on it and then they they think they're doing everything right when realistically they're they're actually just there's no point in tracking if you're not going to do it correctly and yeah if you can start to kind of educate people on that it makes a bit but you need to identify that first like people yeah, breaking it down like, into small breaking it down into small things helps with that because I, I find with a lot of clients that I would have it would be like Jesus Christ like tracking for the rest of my life is so overwhelming that's why I just don't do it or I find it really difficult if you're like okay alright look we're going to track for 10 weeks here 
or I'm going to track for 12. And by the end of three months of tracking, like you have a fair idea. Like I, I track for maybe like a year, two years, and then I really got to hang about. It. I haven't tracked myself in a good while. And if I do end up putting up a bit of body fat, I'll go back to tracking for a little while to get back on the move. But if you if you break it down for people rather than saying to them, look, you're going to be here tracking on my fitness pad for a year, or most people actually just think that I have to track now for the rest of my life. That's how I want to lose weight. Tracking isn't actually what's like, say, making you, it's, it's eating less calories and you can still eat less calories without okay, tracking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you so track them or not, calories still matter. So you can yeah, track them, yeah. not track them, but it's not. Yeah, for 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 initially, like obviously, it's. I think you have to you have to track to be able to understand, or it's not that you have to, but it just helps. It helps with regards to understanding your nutrition, helps with regards to your relationship with food, because you can understand what you can include and how much you can include in portion sizes. That's one thing that massively helps most people. It's just portion sizes. That's it. It, it kind of directs you in the direction of that. So like letting people know, like. Okay, if you track for three months, you're going to pick up a lot of knowledge on nutrition. You're going to learn a lot about portion sizes that maybe even after three months, you won't have to track and go forward and then you can continue on. And look, if you stop losing weight and you really want to lose weight again, well, then maybe get back into tracking and see you get on. But it's not something that you have to do forever because I feel like when you feel like it's forever, it's like, fuck, I actually just can't do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, just that last point before I ask you these three questions that are probably going to be most difficult of like the, the whole thing or two questions. <laughs> um, the see on that portion size i think where a lot of people go wrong is they think right i need to reduce my my portion sizes when in actual fact they just need to reduce the portions of whether it's the carbs and the ratio of the protein or whatever the plates should shouldn't look like a diet plate it should look like someone who's eating like a full amount of food and whatever else like because when we say things like that reduce your portion sizes it's more like okay don't eat so much pasta but still have a full plate of food Okay, like for instance, my one of my favorite things out in Italian is a polo milanese because it's a full thing of chicken. The pasta's on the side, and you usually get a bit of a salad or veg or something with it. So, like, the ratio is good. You've got a good amount of protein in the chicken, you've got the pasta there, so you're still getting pasta. I sincerely appreciate the support. There's three things that you can do that's really going to help the podcast grow and actually going to benefit you. One, just make sure you're subscribed. The more subscribers we have, the bigger the podcast get and the bigger the guests get. Two, make sure you leave a rating. That helps so much. And also, number three, if you message me on Instagram, screenshot that rating, I'll send you over a resource of your choice. No questions asked. Yeah. Versus like a full carbonara that you're eating. Yeah. So it's more those ratios. Like you can't, you can't have everything, but at the same time, you can if you do the ratios right. And that leads back into the old way of, of say, even looking at dieting and nutrition is like portion sizes will be taken as the amount of food on your plate. When I talk about portion sizes, I'm on about like calorie amounts almost. Like yeah. you can have a fuck ton, a massive plate of food for yeah. very little calories. You can have a tiny plate of food for a shit ton of calories. So it's yeah. just, like, it's just understanding behind nutrition. And again, that's always changing. And people, I think that's the biggest thing when people come on and, and sign up for programs. Like, holy fuck, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that the oil I'm putting into my pasta has more calories than the entire fucking pasta dish put together or that like mm-hmm. then the whatever say peanut butter i'm putting on my toast is adding up to me ending up in a calorie surplus rather than a calorie deficit because i thought it was healthy it's just small little things like that that actually people pick up and then like you don't need to track forever to learn them you you learn about them in the first three or four months of tracking and then after that kind of apply it without it but it, you're dead right with that portion size thing is like even even you have to be almost careful with the way you speak about things because it can lead into that. Like if people are listening to that podcast there and heard me say reduce portions, people are thinking, fuck, I have to eat a really small plate of food. Yeah, actually, exactly, yeah. Shouldn't. yeah, yeah. But again, that's where your recipes are awful useful and like even the ones that Sean Casey does be putting up of like actually pointing out to people that like 
this fucking food in front of me looks like it's like seven, eight hundred calories. Looks like it's an unhealthy meal, but it's actually healthy. It has relatively low calories and I can incorporate it while dieting. And I think that's a hugely beneficial thing of Instagram and TikTok recently, where not even recently over the last couple of years, where high protein, low calorie recipes have been pushed quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, speaking of recipes, that's the last thing I'm going to finish on. Uh, so unless there's anything else you want to chat about, but um, basically the first question I'll ask you is just for one meal, right? Uh, you have just been told you're on death row and you've got one meal left before you before you die. You can have it, whatever you want. What is it? Oh, fuck. Do you know, it's a funny one because I'm actually like lactose intolerant almost. I still have ice cream sometimes. Though. <laughs> I used to, I'm telling you, back when I, when I was about 130 kilos, I used to, mom used to buy HP tub of ice cream. I don't know if you have them, right? I'm big enough tub. And because I was so self-conscious about how much I weighed and like everyone always called me fat, I used to just hide me eating one of them. I used to, mom used to buy two or three of them and chop them to disappear. Like who ate them? They were for after dinner or whatever, and I'd have eaten them and hidden them up in the room. But it'd have to be. Do you have romantic ice cream in? It's like a, it's almost like an ice cream cake, but it's like oh, it's like toffee flavor. It's unbelievable. If anyone doesn't know what it is, look it up. Romantica is what it's called. I would murder about four of those before I got you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's interesting. I think that's the first sweet one that someone's had. Usually, it's like a steak dinner or pizza. Yeah, yeah. Fuck um, that. Ice cream all the way. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So this next one, don't don't you think too much about it? But if you were to have three meals for the rest of your life, um, but you still had to stay in shape, what would they be? Okay. Uh, wrap would have to be for lunch. I just love a good chicken wrap, and it, it's like the simplest thing ever. I literally buy the deli meat from Tesco, throw it into a wrap, throw a bit of. Nando's mayo on it and that's it that's yeah. that's my wrap made simple as possible yeah. um dinner it'd have to be a mother's home cooked dinner anything they're, they're relatively she, she actually cooks relatively healthy most of the time like would have a good amount of protein certainly just chicken potatoes veg yeah. simple yeah. enough yeah. and for breakfast that's the hardest one yeah um i do turkey rashers are unbelievable just a turkey rasher sandwich or turkey rashers with scrambled egg or something simple like that would be my yeah. go-to they'd, they'd be the three i don't know why i did it backwards i did breakfast last. yeah no. yeah i've done it in the middle and then went to the end and then just that. Um, no that to, to be honest is probably not far off mine either to be honest um just, i don't know I'm, I'm so many people think as well like you have to have complicated recipes and shit like my diet is just so simple it's actually stupid but i keep it that way because again the online culture the majority of the time you're sitting down here at the desk you're on phone calls you're running around the place it's very hard to and for most people like working jobs it's very hard to cook big massive meals or try and be super prepared for me meal prepping never worked for me it was just because again i just i don't know i used to fucking hate the food it tastes like shite by friday so what yeah. i just started to do is just make the meal simple throughout today that i can just throw them together in a matter of five minutes yeah, exactly. I mean, that I think that's why I, how I went viral is because uh, I came up with a five ingredient meal series, and that's why I made the five ingredient book. So it's literally five ingredients, and then people like someone commented last week and said, uh, "This is so simple that um, like like I, I can't remember." They basically <laughs> said it's so simple that it's the most stupid thing ever, and I was like, "The whole point is that it's simple." <laughs> That's literally the point now. It's five ingredients. You should put that as like a, a screenshot at the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just have because he was trying to hate and you have him promote the book for you. Okay. Right, exactly. That'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> uh, but no, I think we're coming up probably kind of on an hour probably at the moment. Right. So um, I, I never like to have them go any more than that because I think that, that gets a bit OTT. <laughs> then, then, then you go from uh, thousands of people listening to three. <laughs> yeah in other words shut the fuck up so i can stop and, and go go about my normal day 
Uh, but no, that was good, mate. Thanks for thanks for coming on. No Is there anything you want to finish on? Uh, no, no. I think we touched on absolutely everything. I think, I suppose, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think there's much more. It was brilliant. I I do enjoy kind of talking about everything as you said, like touching on mental health, physical health, how to interconnect together, and just everything. Hope at least one person takes something from it. As I said, from every podcast I listen to, I try to take just one, even one line, and that's it. That's me. Sorry, yeah. so what's yeah. the hours worth it then? Yeah, hundred percent. No, it was good to have you on, mate. It's good to actually speak to you and not just yeah, yeah. Instagram DMs as well. So yeah, if I ever end up in Scotland, I'll be giving you all a text, but I don't know. I actually, uh, there's a load of Scottish people following me as well, which is mad. I didn't aye, think because I put up aye. the poll yesterday and I put in England, Ireland, and somewhere aye, else. Yeah. And half the fuckers are like, "How dare you leave out Scotland?" I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I didn't, I didn't actually see that earlier, so I would have probably said it as well. Um, but yeah no, it's good to have you on mate I'm sure we'll probably cross paths at some point over the course of yeah, the for sure. six months of the year but um, thanks everyone for listening um, if you want to just plug your Instagram just quickly mate oh yeah Mulligan's Fitness it's, it's a hard one to spell but you'll find it somehow I'm sure I'm sure you'll find it you just go even into my uh, following or, or whatever as well um, yeah. but other than that thanks for thanks for uh, listening everyone if you've made it this far at least to go and rate or subscribe or whatever. Like if you've literally made it like an hour into us talking, you've taken something out of it. <laughs> Even if it's to go and leave some hate, give us some sort of engagement. Um, yeah, I I'd love a bit of hate. I can respond to it, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, thanks for thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. All right. Good stuff. Jeez, that fucking that hour flew. So if you enjoyed today's episode, I sincerely appreciate the support. There's three things that you can do that's really going to help the podcast grow and actually going to benefit you. One, just make sure you're subscribed. The more subscribers we have, the bigger the podcast get and the bigger the guests get. Two, make sure you leave a rating. That helps so much. And also, number three, if you message me on Instagram, screenshot that rating. I'll send you over a resource of your choice. No questions asked. Just a thank you for your support. So as always, I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.